0: It is time to dig deep with Stacy and Stacy, a podcast for anyone hungry for God and willing to tackle today's relevant issues with authentic conversations inspired by Holy Scripture, prayer, and devotion to the sacraments. Hosted by two Texas gals who went to the same country Baptist church as little
1: girls, had crazy lives, and found each other again decades later as Catholic convert wives and moms. Get ready, y'all. They're fixing to get real.
0: I'm Stacey Patterson. And I'm Stacy Trisenkos Welcome to episode 38 of season two for the Stacy and Stacy podcast. This is November the 2nd, <laughs> All Souls Day, uh, the commemoration of all the faithful departed, and we pray for them today. And um, we are going to move on to our next lesson in the catechism. On, and I love this stuff. So the <laughs> next lesson that we are up to in our readings is sections 84 through 93. So quite a few paragraphs today to go through. It's a section of the catechism that talks about the interpretation of the heritage of faith. So what does that mean for Catholics to have a heritage of faith? What does the magisterium mean? What does that word mean? How are we to grant obedience to the magisterium? What does all that mean? That it says we're all united and as one in faith. Uh, Yet, if you've ever been on social media, you know Catholics don't always agree on everything. So (laughs) what what does that mean? Uh, It's actually a very beautiful and rich tradition um, that you could apply to your own family, even. um, This adherence to the heritage of faith. Mm -hmm. We'll get to that after. Stacy starts us with um, prayer and scripture, and I just want to say thank you for um, bearing with us yesterday on the road. Um, My efforts to get up early, drive my girls to an 8.30 a.m. mass, which we made it to on time, I'm proud to say. Mm -hmm. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. and stayed
0: for the whole thing and then took them back to their band. Um, they they not only went to the Holy Day of Obligation, they got to see a Catholic school in Waco and all their students dressed up like saints. So that was nice to be part of that. And then um, their band competition, they won for a marching band state champs. They oh won the state championship for the third year in a row, which is a huge deal. That's awesome. Um, I was very proud of him, yeah. And we got home at 1 a.m. So, <laughs> it's, it's a busy day. And, and Jose way. and I get on a plane to go to Pittsburgh to give a talk on fetal tissue research at noon today. So <laughs> we're hopping. Wow. Okay. Well, then let's, let's get started. Yes, ma'am.
1: Uh, today's prayer was written um, by St augustine in the confessions so the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen let your scriptures be our chaste delight O lord perfect us and reveal those pages to us see your voice is our joy give us what we love may the inner secrets of your words be laid open to us when we knock this we beg by our lord jesus christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge these are the treasures we seek in your books mother mary pray for us in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen amen it's beautiful stacy i love that prayer yes i found it and i was like oh i've, I've just been it's been on my heart because it kind of, it says the same thing that we say every morning, but it, it says does. It so much more eloquently.
0: <laughs> yeah, from way back in the, in the fourth century, like mm-hmm. St. Augustine's your best friend now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, and as always, grab a cup of tea, uh, grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and spend some time with the Lord today. So today, I was reading through the the scriptures, reading through the readings, and I read the Alleluia. It says, come, you who are blessed by the Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And this is found in Matthew chapter 25. And when I read the Alleluia today, it it made me want to read more. I thought, Who is blessed by the Father? So I turned to Matthew 25 and I read the scriptures that contain the Alleluia, and I want to read them for you this morning. So we're starting in Matthew 25. It says, Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food, I was thirsty. and the king will answer them truly i tell you just as you did it to one of the least of these you you who are members of my family you did it to me so i think i just read that and i think the lord is still trying to give us instruction tell us how to live a life worthy of god every day i feel like there is more and more on this more and more instruction and um, I thought of first Thessalonians chapter two, verse 12. It says they exhorted and encouraged them to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. And it rem- it's it parallels. It kind of says the same thing. Come that you that are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. God is calling us into his kingdom and he's wanting us to walk in a, a manner worthy of um. A manner worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom. So I was uh, wanting to just talk about that for a minute this morning. We are to live lives worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, to bear fruit in every good work. And when you think about that, you think, OK, well, what are the works? Well, perhaps feeding the hungry, giving drink to the thirsty, welcoming the stranger, um, clothing the naked. Does all of these sound familiar? Because these are the seven corporal works of mercy to feed the hungry, to give drink to the thirsty, to clothe the naked, shelter the homeless, care for the sick, visit the imprisoned, to bury the dead. And if you've ever wondered, well, I wonder where that's found in Scripture. Well, now, you know, it's in Matthew chapter 25. We are to treat others as if it were Jesus in disguise. I read in the USCCA, which is the United States Catholic Catechism for Adults. This is what I got when I went through RCIA. And it says the corporal works of mercy are charitable acts by which we help our neighbors in their bodily needs. They respond to the basic needs of humanity as we journey together through this life. In Deuteronomy, it lets us know that there will never cease to be someone in need on this earth. And we are commanded to open our hands to the poor and the needy neighbor in our lands. So it says he commands us to do that. The CCC, the uh, the um, catechism refer- references a story of St. Rose of Lima and When her mother saw her caring for the poor and the sick at home, she reproached her. However, St. Rose said this to her mother. When we serve the poor and the sick, we serve Jesus. We must not fail to help our neighbors because in them we serve Jesus. And that's what it's all about. In everything that we do, we do to the glory of God. This so aligns with everything that we've been saying with a heart of living um, the life that we've been talking about, denying ourselves and doing everything for God. Remember, whoever has two coats must share one with anyone who has none. And whoever has food must do likewise. For how does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need, and yet refuses to help. I'm just convicted to pray and ask the Lord what he would have me do. And I mm-hmm. encourage you to do the same thing. Are you wondering what happens to the people on the king's left hand? Because in the <laughs> first scripture, we talked about this is what he said to those on his right hand. So let's read a little more in the chapter Uh, in the book of Matthew, chapter 25, and find out what happens to the people on the king's left hand. It says, then he will say to those at his left hand, you that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me naked and you did not give me clothing, sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick in prison and did not care for you? And then he will answer them. Truly, I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. There used to be a TV show. I'm not sure if it's still on. It may be. On replay or on netflix but it used to be called undercover boss no i've never (laughs) heard of it uh -uh. okay it was where it was kind of a reality show it was where the owner of a business um, would disguise himself and then he would go in as a new hire and he would work alongside his employees and they wouldn't know that it was the owner of the company they worked for and he would ask them questions about the company and he would I uh, find out what they thought about it, what changes they would make. He would get to know them on their level. He'd get to know their story as one of them. He came down out of his corporate office, out of his corner office, and he worked on the floor. He, he there were, The one show was about a pizza place, one sh- just different um, uh, businesses, variety of businesses. But he would come down and he would work right next to them. And he'd watch their work ethic. He would see if they were really a team player, how their customer service was and their people skills and how they treated people. And if they were honest, if they had integrity, he was watching them the whole time. And he saw who the committed hard workers were. And he saw who the slackers were too. <laughs> you can imagine at the end of that show, the conversations they had, mm-hmm. there were laughter and there uh-huh. were was- Yeah, there were wonderful rewards and there were many regrets. And that sounds like a similar scenario and conversation we might have someday with God. Yeah, We will hear him either say, depart from me, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me, or we will hear him say, well done. Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. I believe we all have assignments. Some we recognize and some we miss. The more we learn to hear his voice, the more we will begin to recognize the assignments and hear how to fulfill those assignments perhaps part of the good works he prepared beforehand for us to walk in are the corporal works of mercy. And I'm not saying feed every single homeless person in your city. Unless of course God tells you to, because all things are possible with God and he will equip you to do what he calls you to do. Yeah. So who is blessed by the father? Those who did it to the least of these, those who cared for people, those who fulfilled their assignments because it was as if they were blessing Jesus himself. Don't forget, one last thing, don't forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so, some have entertained angels without even knowing it.
0: <laughs> I love that. I was thinking about, um, I used to think of the corporal works of mercy when my children were all small because I'm like, I am clothing the naked <laughs> and feeding the hungry. Like I was doing, because it's true though, when you have small children, you are fulfilling the corporal works of mercy and right. caring for them or caring for your parents um, when they get older, like we're, like we're doing now in the sandwich generation, that those are corporal works of mercy Yeah. Um, to, yeah. to care for the people in your family yeah. first and to care for other ones. And I always think about what, What am I called to do in our society? Because as Americans, I I think we are accustomed to having more than people in other countries are used to having. Like when we think we're doing without, we're still living richly compared to other countries. And I'm never quite sure what to do about that because the Pontifical Academy of Sciences had a whole symposium on food loss and waste reduction. And um, and I was very convicted going reading through those conference proceedings and sharing them with the class I teach at, at Seton Hall. Um, it We're sometimes not sure what to do. Like, how can we do more to feed the hungry? Because it's not it's not obvious sometimes in our society what we need to do. But for sure, we can all we can all reduce the amount of waste we have. We can appreciate the good fortune we've we're given and and like you said stacy if god wants you to do something he'll put it in your path so pay attention to that exactly pay attention right. to the things that come into your path each day and ask god what he wants you to do and and you might end up spending your whole life in service before you know it and mm-hmm. uh, wonderful ways to keep all that in mind and i was also thinking about the the boss listening in <laughs> this is a this is a true story when i started working for bishop strickland Uh i was i saw a lot of things working inside the church that i was like this isn't heaven there's a lot of people conflicts here a lot of things going on well there was one day i i felt like i needed to analyze something that was happening between people but i think it probably was gossip in my mind, I'm like, oh, I need to, I need to analyze this, I need to talk about it with this other person. But it probably turned into gossip, and then I was horrified. I'm like, what if Bishop Strickland was in the hallway and he heard me gossiping? Uh, and um, and I did go to confession about it. So this is something I confessed. But I thought, what if he heard me gossiping? And as soon as I had that thought, I'm like, God heard it. God heard everything. God God sees everything that you do, Stacy. If you're worried that something you did might have troubled bishop strickland then probably it troubles god and so you need to you, you need to go examine your heart and change your ways and i just remember mm-hmm. thinking that um, our boss is always watching us yeah, <laughs> right. that's right that's good <laughs> all the time. <laughs> well, thank you for that beautiful reflection on this All Souls Day. Everyone be sure to remember to pray for the souls in purgatory today. Um when when you die, Catholic belief is that you go to heaven or you go to hell. The saints like Amias who was a little infant who was baptized, he went straight to heaven because he had no sin. He was washed of original sin and he never sinned himself. So he's pure. But us older people, we don't necessarily die pure unless you're like dying slowly and you receive last rites from a priest and you make a last confession and you receive Holy Communion in the minutes or hours right before you die and you don't have a chance to sin again, then you you might go straight to heaven. Um, and if you've turned away from God, you might go straight to hell. But uh, there's a third option that we believe based on Scripture. Uh, that he might go to purgatory that most of us go to purgatory like if you end up in purgatory you can actually be glad because you're on your way to heaven but you got it you've got to be purged of any sin that you still retained so purgatory is a purging and some of the saints have had visions about purgatory this is one of those smaller tea traditions that that we can we are allowed to believe and take seriously no one actually knows what purgatory is totally like or what heaven or hell is totally like, completely. But purgatory is not fun. It's painful. Mm-hmm. And that that's one reason in, in my life I've learned as I've gotten older not to be afraid to confront my sins, to be honest about my sins, to go to confession, to to confess my sins, to go to the people I might have hurt with my sins and ask for their forgiveness to get it all cleaned out. Cause if you don't clean it out now, you're going to clean it out in purgatory. It's, mm-hmm. it's best. And, and the, the more painful thing of purgatory is that if you had unconfessed sin, unresolved conflict, sinful conflict in your life, and you didn't make amends with people and you think, Oh, well, nobody knows. You know, My boss isn't watching. Nobody's going to know. I can just let it go. I can just forget about it. Mm-hmm. No not only will you have to face it in purgatory, you'll have to face your failure to deal with it in life and the continued pain that you call Like Stacey, you say our actions have eternal consequences. Mm -hmm. You know, if you've wronged someone and that person is hurt and hurting people hurt people Mm -hmm. and that person goes on to hurt people in his or her life because of unresolved wounds that you inflicted, Mm -hmm. then you are in a way responsible for that. So Mm -hmm that gives me a lot of strength just to say, God, what do I need to clean in myself today? What do I need? What do I need to clean? That's and good. that's good. That's looking yeah. at the overall big picture. and you know, Yes. That's good. Mm-hmm. And it, it can be hard. There've been mm-hmm. times when I've gone to people and said, I think I hurt you. And that person has said you did. Mm. And I oh, it just broke my heart. Like you did. And, and I just, I can't talk to you right now because you hurt me too much. And, and I had to just sit with that and there was one time in particular that was really painful and I just cried and cried because I didn't realize how much I had hurt that person and that person had been carrying that wound for decades. Mm. And um, and I did eventually win that person's trust back because I stayed calm. I, 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 I let myself hurt because of the hurt I inflicted, you know, like I, I felt that pain, I faced it head on and like, okay, I, it made me a better person. Mm. It, it made me more careful not to do that again. But anyway, we encourage you in all those things today. Uh, if, you're, if you're having trouble facing up to that stuff, you're going to have to at some point. And we understand that it can be very hard. But do it anyway, because you'll be glad you did. You'll be freer after mm. that. Mm. Okay, shall we turn to the catechism now? Yes, yes. Yeah, yes, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's take a look at something so this is i said 84 through 93 we're still in part one the profession of faith section one i believe we believe and we're in chapter two um that on down in article two section three of article two um getting ready to move on to section two in the creed the, pr- the profession of the christian faith but anyway th- this section 84 through 93 in the catechism talks about something i had to study a lot when i started talking about faith and science it talks about the magisterium of the church it talks about the sacred deposit of faith the depositum fide um and how the magisterium guards the word of god how it guards what christ has handed down to us divine revelation how the faithful are to adhere to these dogmas of faith. So this is where the Catechism actually talks about the dogmas of faith and doctrine, which is teaching of the church. And it also talks about the supernatural natural appreciation of faith, the census fide, on the part of the whole people. When from the bishops to the last of the faithful, we manifest a universal consent in matters of faith and morals. Now, if you've been around Catholics for any amount of time, you're going to go say what? (laughs) Because not even in our own parishes can we all agree on it seems like faith and morals. But what they're talking about here is the very basic um, truths of the faith, the very basic things that Christ revealed that you can't be a Catholic and deny like you you can't deny Christ's divinity and be catholic. Like you're you're mm-hmm. you're rejecting something you should know better. Uh you're rejecting a ba- basic foundation of the catholic faith, a basic revelation from Christ himself. You're you're like saying, "Oh, um Christ, I want to be part of your church. I just don't believe what you said." Like you you you're, you're speaking out of both sides of your mouth. So <laughs> we don't want to be like that. Mm-mm. So that's what it's talking about today. The heritage of faith is something that all Catholics are to adhere to. But in in the beauty of the church's understanding of the human person and human societies and how we all get along, the church knows we're not going to agree on everything. Really, what the catechism is doing here is telling us there are things you have to agree with. And it's true. Catholics do, for the most part agree on the basics of the faith and you're always going to find people who don't and I'm sorry that's confusing especially with the day of the internet you'll hear people who say if you want to be a good catholic you got to reject the pope that's that is talking out of both sides of your mouth like you can't you'll hear people who are catholics say who say oh but it's okay abortions abortions moral you can you can we, we should support abortion. No, that person is speaking out of both sides of his or her mouth. Like you can't be a cafeteria Catholic. But the church is saying here, the heritage of faith is entrusted to the whole of the church. And if you're going to be part of the body of Christ, you are obligated, just like you're obligated to go to mass, you're obligated to adhere to these teachings. Okay. Okay. But we're not getting into what the teachings are today. Just the teaching that we are to adhere to this heritage of faith entrusted to the whole church. In section eighty-four, it it says the apostles entrusted. Remember, we're talking about how the faith, the tradition is handed down through the, by the apostles who ordained bishops. So all the bishops today have a direct line of succession back to the first apostles. They entrusted. The sacred deposit of faith, the depositum fide, if you want to use the Latin words, contained in sacred scripture and capital T tradition, they entrusted it to the whole church. And so us, by adhering to the heritage, the entire holy people, united to its pastors, remains always faithful to the teaching of the apostles, to the brotherhood, to the breaking of bread and the prayer. So that sounds like a family, right? Mm-hmm. In maintaining, practicing, and professing the faith that was handed on, there should be a remarkable harmony between the bishops and the faithful. Mm. So that's what the catechism says. It's like saying you might have disagreements in the family, but you are to to remain united in a remarkable supernatural harmony with the father you know the fathers if the priests are our fathers we we owe them our our um obedience mm-hmm. yeah. you know yeah it, if you're not sure about what to do i always say go ask your priest and some people are like well i don't agree with my priest i'm going to find a different church um you're kind of being like a protestant <laughs> <prayer>. <laughs> I, <wouldn't say> that. <laughs> uh, I know you've had a lot to say about that before stacy <laughs> Uh Yeah,
1: I mean, you want unity in the church, harmony. I love that. I mean, and it's about submission and it's not, I mean, it's about submitting to God in your priest. Mm
0: -hmm. And trust, Stacey, you said something so beautiful one time, a long time ago in our podcast about the, um, about annulments, that you had to learn to trust God in his church, God in his priest, God in his people.
1: God in the process. Yes, in and the I had process. Trust God in the process, because I was following God. I was doing what God wanted me to do. And as long as my focus was on the Lord, I could go through that process and know that he had me know that the end was in his hands. And I was trusting him with my future, not not the church and not the the men that I was still trying to wrap my mind around everything at the time, and mm-hmm. and submission was really hard for me. But it was an it was easier to walk through that uh, annulment process when I just put it in God's hands and I, I I realized I'm trusting You, Lord, in all these steps that I'm going through and and all the process, the men, the church, everything. Mm-hmm. I'm
0: trusting You, and I really appreciate that you said that, Stacy, because. Something that bothers me a lot, I know I've spoken about it recently, even on podcasts. And if you follow me on Facebook, I get upset about this thing. I hate it when Catholics tear each other apart. Mm. I, I hate it when they post things against the Pope or they post things against the bishops. And then people are like, oh, you're just you're just be-. they kind of imply that I'm just being brainless or blind or don't want to stand up for the truth. Oh, let's just believe everything the bishops say. No, I've worked for the church. I know that you can disagree with bishops, but I'm talking about how you disagree. Yeah, ta- I know that I haven't myself understood everything Pope Francis did, but it's how you disagree. Because if you're disagreeing in a way that sends a mess, especially if you have a public voice, if you've got, if you're a writer or a podcaster like us, <laughs> or um, you're in, in, you know, if you're a leader in the church, how you disagree, if, if you're just out there saying, oh, you can't believe, you know, what the heck is this Pope doing? Or what are these bishops doing? Oh, these bishops, guys, we must stand for the truth. It sounds like you're telling people they need to be a good, cat to be a good Catholic, you have to be a bad Catholic. <laughs> you have to break away from the church. And that mm-hmm. that upsets that me so you know much because no, you mm-hmm. can disagree and still be in communion and in unity and and in love with the bishops and the rest of the faithful and with the Pope of most of all, because he, he is there because the Holy Spirit wills him there. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit is in the church. So take a, an attitude more of obedience and docility and see what Try to understand what they're saying and try to learn from them. Yeah. And there have been times when I have directly objected to certain things, and I, I do feel that that I have earned some respect there. I mean, my, Jose and I are going to the archdiocese uh, to the diocese of Pittsburgh today to give a talk on fetal tissue research, something we spoke out about several years ago and continue to speak out about, but we didn't do it in a way that said, oh, you you bishops, you're so stupid. You don't know what you're doing. You're not fighting hard enough. Here, come let us do the fight for you. We're not like that at all because that that would be dumb. Um, we're, we're just saying, hey, let us help develop what we teach the faithful in these areas. And we're here to help. We're here to help. Always be there to help.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's good.
0: But the the magisterium of the church. So as Catholics, A, that's a big Catholic word because nobody uses that word outside the (laughs) Catholic church. No. Am I right? that's, That's another one. It's a teaching body. And even then I'm like, well, what? What is a teaching body? Like mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like the group of teachers or the group of professors at a college. It's a teaching body. The church has a teaching body and the teaching body is the bishops and the cardinals and the pope. It's it's the body of our leaders. Mm-hmm. And 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 uh, so that that is the living teaching office of the church and they do the bishops meet, the cardinals meet, they do meet in Rome and they discuss this stuff and there's never a new understanding of a dogma or doctrine handed down that l- the definitive dogmas of the faith, unless they all meet and all agree. Um, mm-hmm. l- the last time there was something like that was like on the, the assumption of the blessed Virgin Mary that hadn't been clearly defined until more recent times, but it, it was always true. It just wasn't well defined. And so the, the strict dogmas are pretty few. Um, they're in the creed when we pray the creed. Uh, and if you want to know more about them, you can read the catechism because there's a lot of teachings that are derived from the basic dogmas. But the magisterium guards these things. So that's the mm-hmm. teaching office. We don't really have this anywhere else in human society. Like as a scientist, I was like, the scientists publish their papers, and there are scientific journals that publish the Experiments and the conclusions and results of the scientists. So, in the, in a way, that is a magisterium of science, but it's not nearly as organized and united as the Catholic Church's magisterium is. Mm-hmm. Like, there are no bishops of science who guard what is being taught. So, there's a lot of disagreement in science, and it and sort of it um, unites over time. The truth bubbles to the surface, but it, ha- it takes a different process. But it's kind of the same thing. So. Um, In section 87, mindful of Christ's words to his apostles, he who hears you, hears me. So when we we listen to the church, we are hearing Christ. Mm -hmm. The faithful receive with docility. That doesn't mean be a doormat. Docility means being open to receiving instruction. The faithful receive with docility the teaching and directives that their pastors give them in different forms. That's why I always say, listen to your pastor. Mm -hmm. And if you don't think your pastor's doing something right. And I've totally been in this position. If you think your pastor's not really understanding family life and and as a mother, you need to go have a conversation and say, hey, um, this is not gonna help the kids and here's why. Do that, but do it in a spirit of unity. Go to your pastor as a helper. Don't go there and say, oh, you're so stupid. You don't know anything about kids. I'm gonna leave this church. I'm not gonna say, it's powerful when you say to your, your priest, in, in your parish, hey, father, my family is all in.
1: Mm-hmm. We're
0: behind you hundred percent. We're gonna support you and mm-hmm. um and we'll we'll help you figure out what's best for this church. We have advice when you want it. Um, you can call on us when you need things to be done. Um spiritual uh, or corporal works of mercy, you can call on us for that. Like we just tell them you have our full support. And that right there means when the priest needs help trying to figure something out, he asks us, mm-hmm. he asks us what we think and, and we can help him. So we're helping each other. We're not just posting on Facebook. Oh, these priests are so dumb that because that doesn't help anybody. Mm-mm. Mm -hmm. All right. I'll I'll stop talking about that. It bothers me a lot, though. I think you can tell. So (laughs) the magisterium exercises the authority it holds from Christ to the fullest extent when it defines dogmas, like I was talking about. That is when it proposes in a form obliging the Christian people to an irrevocable, irrevocable adherence of faith. Truths contained in divine revelation, or also when it proposes in a definitive way, truths having a necessary connection with these. So what does that mean? Um, There is a hierarchy of truths. I think we talked about this before. There are the De Fide dogmas that that are the basics, the very basics of the Catholic faith. We pray them in the Creed, and we're going to go through them in the Catechism too, one by one. The very basics of the faith but also the teachings that are derived from those basics. So we, we are obliged to adhere to those. We don't get to deny them. And sometimes people are like, well, you're telling me what to think. No, we're telling you what Christ said. And then that makes you freer and allows you to think more deeply about things. 89 says there's an organic connection between our spiritual life and the dogmas. I love this part of the catechism. It says dogmas are lights along the path of faith. They illuminate it and make it secure. Conversely, if our life is upright, our intellect and heart will be open to welcome the light shed by the dogmas of faith. When Stacey and I talk about walk it through, ride that struggle bus, Mm -hmm. this is what it feels like. The dogmas are there to help us. Sometimes you're like, God, I don't know what the next step is. Just Mm -hmm. give me enough light to take the next step. It's the dogmas that we lean on that. The truth of Jesus Christ, that he's that he's fully God, fully man, that Mary is his mother, the mother of God, that the Holy Spirit is in the church, that we are to seek union with Christ in this life and ultimately in heaven for all time. When you get your when you go back to those things in your worst moments of suffering or confusion or unbearable burden. You go back to those things. You, I literally, this happens. I feel like I'm walking through an unknown forest in the dark and it's, it's like this little light from heaven just shines down. And I'm like, okay, I know what the next thing I need to do is. That's and that's all yeah. I got. But I take mm-hmm. a step forward in faith because I have just enough light to see. Sometimes I'm like, God, I wish you would just like light the next 10 feet in front of me. So I kind of know a little more about where I'm going.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but you don't that's always true. get that. Yeah you got to walk by faith, not by sight.
0: That's okay. what that just means.
1: Enough, just enough to see where you're going the next step. That's right. That's how he does it.
0: <laughs> he does it. And when you get to be in your 50s like us, you can look back and you're like, oh, I see. I see where that was yeah. going now. Yeah. <laughs> I even see why I couldn't know everything at the time. Right. Because I, I w- I'm a control freak and I would have tried to change That's the direction angel. things are going. Nice. This is like yesterday when we went to Mass. I was freaking out driving over there because I I even pulled over on the side of the road to publish our episode by eight. And and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get there at 820. Mass starts at 8:30. If there's any traffic, I'm I'm gonna be late for mass. I'm gonna I was just like, this isn't gonna work. This is crazy. I'm never gonna get them to mass on time. I don't know why I even got up so early and tried to do this. In the moment, I'm freaking out. And then mass went so long I was late getting them back to the rehearsal with their band. And I'm freaking out. Oh, we should have just walked out of mass early. We should have left right after communion, but I didn't want to because that would be disrespectful and you're not supposed to. And so I'm like, in the moment. I did the right thing, but it felt like the wrong thing because I couldn't see to the end of the path. The end of the path just yesterday is they won the state championship. (laughs) Everything turned out to be okay. (laughs) And um, even their band director wasn't at the competition because his daughter was going into labor with his first grandchild. So the, the band director, who is the backbone of that whole band, he wasn't even there because he went... To, to be with his daughter. And the baby was born like right after they announced the championship. <laughs> oh, wow. It was just beautiful. The whole day was this beautiful thing. And if I hadn't tried through what seemed like things were going bad, if I hadn't kept going, I wouldn't have gotten to the better place. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> lessons like that are all throughout life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think I need to wrap this up. Yeah, we're long. So just we'll stop right there and we'll take up. Um, section 91 through 93 next time. We will hop off now. <laughs> uh, I got all excited about that. Sorry. We no, you to... good. Everything you said was wonderful. <laughs> I could keep going forever. Okay. Well, you have a blessed day, Stacey. I'm so glad and thankful that I get to get up and talk with you and listen to you talk about <laughs> scripture and pray with you every morning. Well,
1: okay. You've got a lot, a big day ahead of you. So we'll be praying for you.
0: Thank you. I'm Stacey Parkinson, And I'm the other one, Stacey Tresangos. <laughs> Until next time.
1: <laughs> if you are interested in bringing Stacy and Stacy to your parish or study group for a retreat or a talk, they would love to come liven things up and keep it real. Please see staceyandstacey.site
0: for more information.